standard issue for all women. Hello, Hannah here and welcome to this week's episode of The Sunday Chops. I'm going to apologise in advance, you might hear a bit of background noise. My usually quite noisy council estate seems to have turned into the Shire. Everywhere is just full of little people laughing merrily. So if you hear some of that, I haven't kidnapped any children. And I absolutely point blank refuse to close my window because it's hotter than 70s done away in my house. So on to this week's chops. You may have seen on Twitter recently that I had a bit of a rant about people who are living by themselves. If you didn't, I mean, why don't you follow me on Twitter? Why don't you want to see photos of my cats? A lot of people responded to me to say that they also felt like the government and the media were basically ignoring the millions of people currently in lockdown by themselves around the country. And I realised that I was kind of guilty of that myself because I haven't spoken about it that much. Although hopefully the reasons for that will become clear when you listen to the chops. So I got on the phone to the brilliant, God, I love her, Lou Conrad, comedian, writer, you know, all-round top woman, who is also doing lockdown by herself, to talk about some of the issues that have come up for us, what it tells us on a wider scale of how society values women who aren't mothers or wives, and what we think we've learned about ourselves going through two months of not seeing a single person that we know. If you are also by yourself, hopefully it helps you. And if you're not, perhaps it might give you an understanding of what life's like for people who are. As I'm sure you all know someone who is in lockdown by themselves. Our Jen is also in lockdown by herself. I'm sure she won't mind me saying that here. So that's coming up now. Just to let you know that coming up in next week's podcast, Jen has been talking to Laura Dockrell about her incredible new book, What Have I Done?, which is about motherhood and mental health. And I got on the phone to Dr. Alison McGregor about her book, Sex Matters. She's currently working at an A&E department, or they'll say ER room, wouldn't they, in America. So we talked a little bit about what COVID-19 could do to sex disaggregated studies and statistics in health, how that might actually be a positive thing. So that was very interesting. Mickey has picked her film for us to watch in next week's Dunleavy Does Disaster, and we'll be watching, oh my God, what a treat. You should watch it too. Plan 9 from Outer Space. I'm pretty sure you can find that on YouTube if you want to join in. We've also the next episode of Flicking in the Bag, in which we are discussing our favourite films. So that will be released in the next couple of weeks. If you want to watch the film in advance of that, we'll be watching The Station Agent. It is brilliant. I know that because I picked it. You will learn whether Jen and Mick agree with me when we release that. So I'm going to stop now because I've, I've talked for ages, but this is one of the things about being on your own. Ramble, ramble, ramble. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Until next time. Hello, I am joined on the phone by comedian, writer and one of our favourite women, Lou Comran. Guten Tag, bonjour, good afternoon. <laughs> How the fuck are you? I'm all right, I'm all right. I have good days and bad days. So I've got friends that are messaging me going, oh God, are you all right? I don't know how you're doing this on your own. And I have to explain to people that this is not unlike my normal life, that I am on my own on a day-to-day basis anyway, normally, except I just break up that day with a an eight-hour drive for £30 for a shit gig. (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah, last week, I think because the weather was really bad, last week, yeah, my neighbours were nearly under the patio. But I'm okay now, I think. That does speak to me, obviously, because I am by myself and usually work from home. So I go for huge stretches of my day where I don't talk to another human being. But, you know, in the evening, I allow myself to go outside and see people. And so it's that bit that's not now, but in my real life, I would go to the theatre, I would go to the pub, I would go round to my mate's house. And the idea of going to my mate's house three months ago would have sounded boring, but currently sounds like the best thing. It just, it's utterly mad. I was talking to Mickey the other day about how, you know, you read Jane Austen novels and stuff like that. And, you know, they're like, oh, we had a lovely day. We went for a walk in the garden. And you think, how would I have coped if that's all my life was? But Yeah, but you wouldn't have known any different though, would you? You wouldn't have known any different... No, no. You'd have done a cross stitch. <laughs> no, well, you probably wouldn't. No, but... I'd, I'd have uh, developed a, a, an opium habit. That's... You'd have been out in the woods bagging the woodsman or something. In the <laughs> Talking about myself there, Hannah. I actually bumped into a friend of mine literally in the street yesterday and we stood on a piece of grass and she's the first person that I knew that I've seen in two months. Wow. And actually, maybe a bit less because I did drop some paracetamol around a friend of mine's just when we went into lockdown. But it was incredible to actually see someone I knew in three dimensions. I mean, obviously, I see people I know in two dimensions and I see people I don't know in three dimensions, like people in shops. But yeah, yeah. it's pre- it's it was pretty weird. And it's very weird to then leave her by going bye from like a yeah. certain distance and waving. Whereas... Yeah. I'm quite a tactile person and I think that's the thing that I miss the most is contact. Can you remember the last time you touched somebody? Uh, the last time I touched somebody was, I think, just as I got back from Australia because I was in Aust- Australia for three months and then my parents picked me up from the airport because I'd left my car at their house and then I kind of had an inkling that we were going to be locked in, locked out, locked down. And I thought, no disrespect to my parents. Do I want to get stuck here in Norfolk? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So I went home, but they were the last people I think I had any sort of contact with. And that's, when did I get, I can't even remember when that was. So that was the end of March. Yeah. It's just weird, isn't it? It is weird because it's the sort of thing that I wouldn't ordinarily I mean, all of this is things you wouldn't ordinarily think about in your life, but I can actually date it. I actually saw a friend of mine on March the 9th and I gave her a hug and that's the last time I actually physically touched somebody, which is a weird thing because I do wonder whether I might start to develop a thing about it because obviously people who are around people in their house are still, you know, presumably hugging their children, having sex with their husband and all of that still, whereas I think I'm increasingly becoming... A thing where physical contact seems a bit weird. The thing that worries me is not agoraphobia, but sometimes I do get in my head and I, and I, I I went through a phase of like, oh God, there's a party happening, but oh God, I don't think I can go. That's the nearest I've got to not being able to go outside. Yeah. But the, the prospects of like now here where I live, there's a walk that I do every day. It's sort of like my walk, you know, there's hardly anyone around and I see the same people on that walk on a daily basis and they're the only people I have hello hi how are you blah 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 but since the lockdown has sort of eased it's like it's never happened the whole world and his wife is there and I don't like it I I can't 
Yeah. I'm so institutionalized in my own little world that I'm like, oh no, no, what what are all these people doing on my walk? Yeah. <laughs> you know, why I don't I'm worried about going back into society again, which as a social being, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I have this thing where I, I, I real sort of Pollyanna and I know it probably doesn't seem like it, or well, you know me, but People who don't know me very well think that I'm like a really cynical person because I can be, but I also can be like incredibly Pollyanna. And I, particularly when it comes to who's got this worse than me. I mean, I always have this kind of grading system. I don't like to moan unless I feel like I've genuinely got something to moan about. And so, you know, I look around me and I mean, I haven't got it. I, uh, uh, most of my family seem to be safe. My sister's working in a care home, so I'm obviously concerned about her, but you know, for the most part, most of my family have been furloughed from their jobs. A lot of them work in teaching, so it looks like pretty soon I'm going to start worrying about them again. So, yeah. And I think, well, you know, it could be. I think about houses that I used to live in with people and how I would have been driven completely insane by being around those people. And I've got pets and I've got a garden and I've got a decent Wi-Fi connection. And it also sort of starts to add up, but... At the same point, I'm like, it drives me absolutely crazy that doesn't seem to be acknowledged as a thing that's happening. I mean, I saw a figure saying 7.7 million people are living on their own. I mean, you can't verify that. I know people who live by themselves that just said, I'm not going to be able to do it and just moved in with other people and and did that in advance. But I also know some people who didn't live by themselves, but now are because they lived in shared houses and those people have gone to their boyfriends or gone back to their parents. So I don't think we can know how many people are doing it by themselves. But earlier this week, I got irrational. No, not irrationally, because I think it's quite rational. Crazily angry at the idea that Boris Johnson was thanking old people who weren't seeing their family for staying inside, but not thanking me for not seeing my family and staying inside. And I I had a real what the fuck about me moment. Put something on Twitter, loads of people responded with exactly the same thing. We're in that bracket where we don't count, though, aren't yeah. we? That's how I feel sometimes. I feel I feel like, yes, I might have white hair, but I'm not 70 years old. What happens to us? I mean, as you say, there's there's people that are worse off. But, and actually, I'm, you know, I'm generally a well person, so mm. I'm looking after myself and I'm fine. But there are, you know, there are people that are on their own that aren't, necessarily that stable or don't have that many people around them or close to them what about those people what I just don't think there's the idea that somebody would be on their own dealing with this on their own at whatever at like at our age or whatever I just think again it's like you feel a bit forgotten about yeah and I'm not I'm sort of you know sort of oh boohoo woe is me because I'm actually really grateful (laughs) most of the time that I am on my own because listening to conversations with friends about their relationships and watching the people on the street having to tear their hair out with their partners or their kids or or dealing with everything I just think oh actually I'm all right but those those angry days are when you feel like oh I've I've been I have been forgotten about. <laughs> Absolutely. So... I mean, I agree with that completely because it's, I mean, it's nothing new. We're always forgotten about. I always used to joke that I smoked just so that I turned up in the budget somewhere. Because nobody ever <laughs> says, what about single people? I know I am the last person in the queue to get a Sainsbury's delivery if I want. I, in fact, the opposite. I'm expected to be out shopping for other people and helping other people because I don't have children and I don't have other things to fill my life, allegedly. I mean, I do. I accept that and I know, but it feels it's like a massive reminder because 
if someone can't, like I say, if they can't be bothered to think about what you're doing, you think in no way is this being appreciated because I'm not doing this for me. It's not my health. I'm doing it for the NHS. I'm doing it for old people. I'm doing it for like vulnerable people. And when there's no recognition that you've made any sort of sacrifice, I was really livid, proper, proper livid on Sunday when I heard him talking. But he just makes me angry anyway. I mean, there is (laughs) that. just makes me angry I'm not really very politically aware of stuff I'm quite ignorant in that department but I just think I know a buffoon when I see one and I just think <laughs> you you're an idiot you're an idiot yeah. and it it just drives me insane that this man I mean obviously nobody around the world really knows what's happening nobody really knows how to contain this but I tell you this I know I've gone off on a tangent now but I think if anywhere in the world I, I would rather be right now or had been in this situation somewhere else, it would have been in bloody New Zealand with their prime minister who, she's amazing. She's yeah. just got it sorted. And it's like, yes, it takes this bloody woman with her common sense and her outlook on everybody to actually just get it right. And this man's like, oh, well, I don't really know. I don't Oh, well, we'll just bumble along and it, it'll be fine. I've been to Eton. Oh, fine. <laughs> yeah. It's just, like oh god I just wonder what what happens to us after this like I feel slightly forgotten in the fact that I don't I'm not even eligible for the um self-employment grant I'm not eligible for that I'm not eligible for many things so what do we do do we just rot in our flats and do a Bridget Jones and get found by people having been eaten by Alsatians is that is that what's is yeah, that what happens? absolutely. But I think that it goes to a deeper thing of what value does society place on a woman who hasn't had children? Your value is in your relationship to somebody else. So you're somebody's wife or you're somebody's mother. Most people I know have been good with it. Most people I know have been quite supportive. And by supportive, I mean, in many ways, not ask me loads of questions because they know that will get on my tits. Because, <laughs> because I'm like, I'm not like some weak feeble person I can cope by myself and and all of that but I had my camera on my laptop stopped working when we were about two or three weeks into this and I had to wait for a webcam to come from Amazon because it was the only place I could buy one was Amazon and I could do it on my phone but like I could do it now I'm on my phone now with you but if I was in a big group meeting it was a nightmare to do it on the phone you couldn't see anyone and it felt like my life was shrinking even smaller it was like my life is now like this tiny phone screen and I thought I wonder if there's a way that I can say to Amazon do you know what I'm on my own and this is actually good for my mental health is there any chance you could send it to me sooner but that's not a thing like I say there is no worth placed on my mental health are you a pensioner no (laughs) then you're on your own you're just gonna have to wait yeah that's those two weeks weren't pleasant I have to say yeah it's it's and it's also what's when you're on your own what's considered um essential purchases for your mental health so like for the first couple of weeks I was like oh god right so what what can I do to make me feel better so I I mean ridiculous but I I went to Wilco's and uh, I queued up to get in and then um, all I wanted was perm lotion and um, because mm-hmm. I was like I'm gonna perm my hair and then it's like you have to justify why you're going and oh have you, are you with anybody else no are you buying anything for anybody else no what's your essential purchase so I had to lie at the door and go I want sanitary towels and nobody's gonna argue with yeah. a woman 
that that's potentially bleeding and needs to deal with it. But it's, I mean, I've got thousands of sanitary towels upstairs now, Hannah, <laughs> from going to the shop by my essential purchases, which is pink hair dye and perm lotion. But that's because I'm on my own and I need something to do. Exactly. I need something to do. Well, again, see, I'm quite lucky because I actually am still working. I mean, I was supposed to be going on holiday at one point and I took um, a couple of those days, but I was like, I don't want a full holiday. I don't need a week off because what the fuck am I going to do? I was, exactly. I will start because I, I, I kept joking early on that I was like, maybe I'll go and sleep in my spare room. Which again, why am I moaning? I've got I've got a spare room, you know, what a luxury. But I was like, maybe I'll go and sleep in my spare room. And then I thought, maybe I'll leave that till I'm really desperate. Like, maybe I'll put that <laughs> off and she'll save it for week 12 or something. You don't want to, like, do all the exciting jobs in your house in one go. You're going to have to kind of stretch them out. Um, well, but... that's it, though, isn't it? Got, I have to write a list of, like, of all the things that I need to do. So I have got writing work to, to do, and I have... I've, I've done I've, I'm in the middle of writing a script and I've done that and I've writing a treatment for something else and I'm I, you know I'm keeping myself busy but it's it's the other times isn't it and then uh, so I don't want to spunk all my to-do list straight yeah. away so I have to go right well if I do this today like I hoovered yesterday I mean well, don't you? I'm a domestic goddess now yeah but I thought well I could dust but I thought no I'll save that for Friday, Saturday, because then that'll give me something else yeah. to do. I'm having to just eke out my days. My walk that I go on, I do like a three-hour walk every day and have done since the beginning. But there's nobody else there. I go to a lake. I contemplate life. And then I come back. And then once I've come back from my walk, I'm like, oh, that's my day done. So if I'd have, like, spunked all of my to-do list in that day, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, you've oh, got to create got... new jobs for yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I started yeah. doing that. I started saving up all my housework to the weekend just so I could have something to do. How do you feel that the people around you are responding to it? I say that because somebody I know who yeah, I'm a very big fan of generally in life and is at home with a young baby, so, you know, having a hard time herself said to me, oh, but you're by yourself and that sounds amazing. And I didn't say anything in response to her, obviously, because it possibly does sound amazing if you haven't slept for two days. And also because you can't see your mum and things like at a time when you probably really would want to see your mum. But I thought at the same time, she probably hasn't done that thing that I've done where I've actively considered whether it's better to make my house more secure so someone doesn't break in and murder me or less secure so it's easier for the ambulance people to get to me in case they need to. I've had crazy thoughts like that and I thought, I bet you haven't had that thought, that really dark, horrible thought. Have I actually seen my friends already for the last time? Yeah, I got giddy in the first couple of weeks and I spent a bloody fortune in Lidl on tin and tonic and and wine and, and everything and I thought oh this is great I can I don't normally drink on my own at home but but you know it's gets it you must. through whatever you do yeah exactly and then I was on my ladder in my pantry that's right I've got a pantry I'd had a few drinks but I wasn't shit-faced but I fell off the ladder and I very narrowly missed the edge of the uh, sink oh, unit yeah and I thought well a stop drinking at home and b who would know? Yeah. Who would know I was laying there? And also I was thinking, because I, you know, lock all the doors or whatever. And I only lock, unlock the door if I'm 
going out for me walk, I just thought nobody would be able to get in and nobody would know. Yeah. So so I've given spare keys to like somebody in at number nine and somebody over the road and whatever. Please look <laughs> please have my spare keys. Should I be Bridget Jones it? You see, nobody obviously my mum checks in on a regular basis, but if I don't answer for a bit, then she's like, Oh well, she's obviously yeah. doing one of her things or what. But there's no one to check on you, is there? Well, I mean, that is one of the benefits of working is that, you know, if something happens to me Monday to Friday, someone will notice that I haven't replied to any emails eventually. <laughs> I would hope. No, I know they would because they'll be listening to this. So I'll have to say I know they would. I know they would. Um, but yeah, certainly if I fell down the stairs on Friday night, it's a long time before Nikki and Jen are going, have you heard from Hannah this morning? And one of the other things I was uh, is for a long while I was really anxious about talking about being by myself because I just thought, you know, I mean, I came from lo- local papers. So that's what my background is. I wrote columns. You never say so-and-so, so-and-so is on holiday. You always say that they're away because, you know, people read it. And if someone flags where you live, you automatically become less safe or your your property becomes less safe. Yeah. And I started to think, is it really irresponsible to be talking about being by myself? Because... If somebody knows where I live, then I am intrinsically less safe. And every time I go for a walk, I am by myself. Everything I do is by myself. Muggers are still existing. There are still people out there. I felt I had a week or so where I felt quite vulnerable. And I thought I'm my personal security is really compromised by this. I've got over that now. But for a while yeah. I was. And I didn't say it to anyone because I didn't want to worry anyone as well. No. Well, that's it, isn't it? I don't, like, my mum and dad, because I'm, you know, childless and unmarried, I know they know that I'm 45. Shut up! I know. <laughs> but I I still get, I still get talked to like I am the small child. Yeah. Because my sister, she's married, she's got her kids and, you know, whatever. But I, I don't have that. And my, my dad's, my dad's like, well, at, at least you've got, you can shut your own front door. And my mum's, like, messaging me checking on my mental health and like but still talking to me like I am a child and that that's what's difficult is that to try to yes I'm on my own and yes sometimes I do feel vulnerable but I can't express that to my parents yeah because they'll admit my I know what my mum would do right come on you're coming home that's it you're coming <laughs> home I'm 45 yeah I don't need to come home I'll be all right I don't want to worry her unnecessarily over something that I potentially may may not worry about today tomorrow yeah. whatever you have to be really guarded what you say yeah because it might just be some utterly irrational thought that you've had <laughs> and that you don't think yeah. about again but yet your mother's lying in bed at night worrying about it I mean that's where my, my cats are a double bonus in that sense because number one they are someone for me to talk to so I'm literally not just to sit, sit I mean they don't understand me but you know I can prattle away really? at them oh. <laughs> yeah but secondly, I have to stay here. I can't go to anyone's. I have to stay for the cats. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. Because I think if that wasn't the case, people would have... I mean, I don't know that anyone's got anywhere to put me, to be honest. Nobody I know has a spare bedroom. I'm just like, no, I don't want to come and sleep on someone's sofa for the foreseeable future. That's not a thing that I want yeah. to do. And I think that would ruin probably a friendship or well, you can't ruin your relationship. Well, if you could ruin your relationship with your mother, I'd have done it by now. But yeah, I I, I certainly wanted to stay by myself. There was no question. 
So presumably, at some point, you're going to have a bubble. What, my 10 people? Your 10 people. My 10 people. God. Now, this is what I find interesting about this whole thing. Because in this whole scenario, it's really kind of narrowed down for me who who I've been speaking to regularly and who I've gone, ah, you're all right. <laughs> so, I'm oh, sorry, that's really bad. But in my bubble, I have to, well, I'd love my parents to be in my bubble, but they live five hours away. Yeah. So I'm not going to waste my two two potential bubbles. Yeah. On my, that's awful. That sounds awful. No, it doesn't. But it, it, I have, it absolutely doesn't. You're like, I, I literally have just said, I'm going to have my mum, my brother and my nephew, and then they can choose who else wants to be in the bubble because if I turn up in any of my friends' bubbles, they're like, I'm stopping them seeing their mum or whatever. And you're like, it's too complicated. It's just easier if I say I'm happy with three people because three people is three more people than I've been seeing for the last two months. So it's actually quite an exciting idea for me. Sorry, mum. Sorry, dad. Yeah, yeah, you'll be in my bubble. You you say you're writing. Oh, I, I should have brought yeah. this up earlier. You say you're writing. How successful are you being in that? Because my concentration span is absolutely appalling at the minute. I, I It took me two months to read a book to interview someone. And I basically read it about three pages at a time. I couldn't, I, I could not concentrate on it whatsoever. I have struggled. I don't know. I had like this burst of, got to get it out now, got to do it now. Danielle Ward, you probably know, who is mentoring me as part of this ITV writing scheme. So she's given me deadlines. So if I hadn't got those deadlines, I would never have never have done it. Sometimes if I get a bit writer's blocky, I'll move the furniture around in my house. And then it's like I'm somewhere new. And as soon as I move the furniture around here, downstairs... I was like, oh, God, right. Oh, I'm ready to go. And I spaffed out a script, like, in about a week. I think it's quite good. I think, you know, when you're like, oh, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of this. That's brilliant, Luke. So, yeah. And then and then I had a little sort of burst the other day. So it's not every day. I can't. I can't my head's like, oh, no, not today. Or got to get out, got to go for a walk or whatever. But I'll get the occasional burst. But I did a new material gig for Stu Goldsmith the other day. And I thought, literally, I can't... Most of my material is based on stuff I've been doing or see people I've seen or whatever. But the only thing I've got to talk about is, well, what have I bought on Amazon when I've been pissed? That's... They've got their together at the minute, aren't they, Amazon? Yeah, yeah. So I just went through the list of that and I just thought, well, that's creative. I've been trying to paint, I've been trying to draw just to get my creative brain ticking over. But it's not easy. Yeah. Have you learned anything about yourself now? I am stronger than I thought. I have learned that when I say hello to people on a walk, it's not my hello. That's... I don't recognise my hello. I put on a hello voice when I say hello to people. So I'm going to have to address that. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to, to pretend to be something in that one word that I'm not. So that's weird. I'll have to deal with that. But that just basically, I'm, I'm, I'm testing myself by living on basic rations. I'm finding it really exciting. And yeah, good days, bad days. But I've actually really enjoyed it. 
just kind of being in my own space and legitimately allowed to have time to think about stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I get the thing about you saying, you know, that you're stronger than you thought, because I, I am one of those people that likes to test myself. I mean, that's why I did stand-up comedy when I started doing it, because I thought I'd never do that. And then I was like, no, but I bet I could. And I did. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I will come out of this with a sense of achievement that, you know, I knew, I secretly knew I could do that, but I did do it and I was fine. And, you know, I was saying the other day, I've got the fortitude to go into space, but I'll never pass the fitness tests now because I <laughs> basically haven't walked. I had to turn the notifications off on my phone because being told you took 20 steps yesterday, you're like, fuck off. I don't need you nagging <laughs> me. But though, Lou, you already went through something terrible and got through it. So I think I already knew you were a psychologically tough person. Yeah. Yeah, you go through something like that and yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, fine. You come out the other side. And exactly, mate. And this <laughs> is challenging, challenging in a completely different way. I've always questioned whether I'm normal, whether I'm all right. I've always questioned this, whatever this is. And actually, I'm all right. And that's this has been the biggest thing for me is that I've just gone, oh, you're fine. Yeah. Fine, bit quirky. You're all right, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, to a certain degree, you and I already have a personality that would do better at this because we've already chosen to live alone. And therefore, you know, we can already see the benefits in being alone. So the things that other people say to me, oh, but, you know, that must be terrible. And you're like, that thing you just said, that's the exact reason I want to live by myself. Not having an outside eye on me is interesting because obviously I do this. But I could, yeah. be, I could be naked from the waist down. As it is, I'm in my pyjama bottoms. I mean, I don't get dressed <laughs> much. But I do wonder how much of what I do is performative. How often do I tidy my house? Do I tidy my house because other people are going to be in it and therefore judge me? Or do I tidy my house because I like living in a clean house? Do I dye my hair for the rest of the world or do I dye my hair for myself? And I think currently I dye my hair for myself because I fucking hate the way it looks now. But I am going to keep growing it to see whether, how long I can get it. Because I don't know that I'm going to get this opportunity again to go grey without people noticing so much that I've gone grey. But yeah, yeah, I quite like to look like you at the end of it. But that said, I hope we're not in here that long that I could grow that much. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I permed it as well, because I've always wanted curly hair and I just thought, well, now's the time to yeah. do it, isn't it? It's perfect. That um, said, why perfect. is it not curly now? What happened? Oh, and I've straightened it today because it's gone, my hair grows out and then down. So it's, when it's not straightened, I look like Aslan. So, <laughs> it, and because of it, it's just out. So I've straightened it, especially for you, Han. Oh, um, and that's my to-do list today, straighten my hair. There you go. But I've got another perming thingy and uh, a friend is a hairdresser went, please don't perm your hair again. It'll fall out. So really tempted to do it, though, because I don't respond well to authority. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's Mm. great. Lou, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And you look after yourself, Hannah. Okay. Thinking of you. Standard issue for all women.